What do you think is kind of the perfect time, perfect age to write it and deliver it to the children? Because obviously your thoughts will will mature over time, right? The advice I'm going to have for five-year-old Gabriel is going to be different than 15-year-old Gabriel, which is probably going to be different than 35-year-old Gabriel. So what what does that, what does it look like? Or what do you recommend for people? Yeah. So I tell dads, because I obviously I get question, this question asked a lot and I say, hey, the, the best day for you to write your legacy letter is is the day that your kid was born. And the second best day is today, uh, which I kind of stole from somebody talked about the best, best day to plant an apple tree or something like that. Yeah, best day was yesterday. Second best day is today. Yeah. So, but it's the, the, the same concept. And really part of that is because you don't know uh, when your last day on the planet is going to be. So it's like, it's like we have life insurance, you know, just in case. And so we've got to get our words written down for our children just in case something happens, because I promise you, the moment you die, that letter becomes that much more cherished and that much more valuable. It's like, okay, this is what dad said was important. This is what dad felt about me. Like, you're going to hang on to that letter. But, um, you know, I, so I I actually read my letter to my five-year-old daughter uh, a couple months ago. I was like, man, I'm just going to go read this to her. I I know it's not all going to make sense yet, but I'm going to go read it to her. (laughs) <laughs> so we were sitting in our bed one night and, uh, and I read it to her and man, I'm like, I'm, I'm like breaking down in tears. I'm like, you know, I've like poured my heart out in this letter and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, like, I wonder what Gracie Kate is thinking right now. So we get the, we get to the end of the letter and she kind of looks at me and she said, dad, can you read me the princess book now? <laughs> I was like, oh man. But then the next day, the next day, uh, she went up to my wife. We were at the dinner table, and she said, last night, Daddy read me a special message, and I want him to read me that special message tonight. And we were like, what is she talking about? She's like, oh, better. So she <laughs> yeah. was paying attention to it. But what I what I She really that, wanted Frozen. She really wanted Frozen, but she got the letter. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but what I what my message to dads is, is we, we're, we're never we, – we're facing more competition than ever to get our voice into our children's life. Like the most important thing our children need is our voice in their life. And we want to be the ones to shape their identity and tell them who they are, not the rest of the world. And, you know, if you think about a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, who were the voices that were in someone's life? You were like in some little farming community. And it was like, like you absolutely were only listening to like your family and maybe the other people, you know, a few other people. And now uh, children on average, on average, are spending between seven and a half to nine hours a day on social media. And so Wait, what they are. Did you hear me? Yeah, no, no, I heard you, but I don't think I heard you because that sounds crazy. Yeah, it sounds crazy. Like I had to look, I had to look it up different places. Seven and a half to nine hours a day on the internet, on social media, listening to people that we would never even trust with a child. But then that person now has a voice into our children's life, and so our children, like never before in history, have all these different people speaking. It's like it's very uh, noisy out there. And so a dad, I tell dads, I was like, man our children need to hear us. And so we've got to do whatever it takes to get our voice to cut through all of that noise so that our children can hear us. And, and we got to go old school here. We're going to write a, write a letter. It seems old school. It seems simple. Um, but we've got to do what it takes to get our, our voice into our children's life. And I think writing a letter, um, 
you know, is, is the best way. I mean, obviously verbally speaking, saying it, but when you write it, it's very clear. Like it's right here. They heard it. You know, sometimes you talk to people and, you know, I don't know if this, I know this happened to you because it happens to everybody and maybe with your wife or whoever, but it's like, wait, I told you that. And they're like, no, I didn't, you didn't say that. No. Yes. I did tell you that. Right. It's like, well, when you write it out, like, man, it's, it's written down. And so it's the same way with the letter, like you write it out and it's, and so, and it's there and it's lasting. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think it is about that dad relationship? You know, it's funny when I, when I was getting ready to have kids, uh, it was kind of unexpected. My wife and I were married about 60 days before she got, before she got pregnant. I was, Oh, whoops, forgot something. Um, so, uh, she got pregnant and I was like, I, I kind of wasn't sure if I was going to have kids. And so I started asking everybody, um, Hey, what, you know, what, what's your best advice as a dad? Yeah. I want to write a book on this one day, like 365 days to be a good dad. Cause I got so much great feedback on, you know, what it means to be a good dad. So I would just ask dads and be like, Hey, what's the best thing you're doing right now? If your children are young and if your children are older and grown, what's the best thing you did do? And I remember I, I completely blindsided this one agent who was older in life and must not have been a great father. And he goes, you know, I learned way too late in life that your job as a father is to be uh, your daughter's first love and your son's first hero. And if you do that, everything else will turn out okay. And I was, I mean, it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. I never even did a deal with the guy because we ended up just talking about being a dad for the rest of the like hour that we were on the coffee appointment. And I think it just hit us both so hard. It's like, oh, this is going to be weird to have like a business conversation now about did the appraisal come in at value or not? And um, when he said that, it really struck me. And I'm like, oh, what? What what is that special space, that special relationship between a father and a son where it's like, yeah, it, it's your it's your job to be that kid's first superhero. Like I want my as much as my son loves the Hulk and Black Panther, I really want him to look up to dad as like a hero. And I mean, has has any of your journey helped explain that or any of the books that you've read? Yeah. It, well, you know, the first thing that came to mind when you're talking is just this um, identity of or this idea of who we are and our identity. And so I think it is really hard for a, a dad to be a good dad uh, in our culture. And I, and we struggle with that. And part of it um, is because in our culture, our entire life, we've been um, preparing for our job, our business, our career. Like it's very like, honestly, self-centered. Right. Like, like what call it's all about you. And then you become, uh, you know, then you have a, a kid and you're like, well, I want to be a good dad, but our identity is so wrapped up in our career and what we do. So it's like, oh, okay. Who, you know, who are you? Well, I'm a mortgage broker, but I'm also, but I'm a good dad. And so if that's your identity, if your identity first is mortgage broker or your career, whatever it is, and then dad second, which identity are you going to act out of? You're going to be, you know, that's who you are first. And so uh, I, what I try to help dads be is and realize to be a bit, to be a good dad and be a great dad is just your identity is dad first. You may be husband first, but then dad first, and then your career is second. And if your identity is man, like, who are you, man? I'm a dad. Like I'm a good dad. Like that's who I am. This is what I do. Then then you'll be a good dad because that's who you are. Uh, it's kind of like, do you know um, James Clear and Atomic Habits? Yeah, Atomic awesome, Habits? awesome book. 
Yeah, great book. And I really love the chapter where you talked about uh, someone trying to quit cigarettes. And you remember this? And he talked about, you yeah. know, I can predict if a guy's going to be able to quit cigarettes or not because he's got person A, person person B, person A says, oh, man, don't give me that cigarette. I'm trying to quit. And then person B says, oh, I'm not a smoker. I'm not a smoker. Yeah. Because his identity had changed. He said, I'm not a smoker. And so he'll act out of that identity. I'm not a smoker. So like, wh- why would a smoker smoke? Cause I'm not a smoker. Yeah. And so our identity of who we are is so important. And so we really have to take on that identity of man, I'm a great dad. Like this, I'm, I'm an amazing dad. And so as you take on that identity and so some of it, you, have, you know, it's like, a, you know, I do like a daily exercise, like a reminder, like, man, I write it down. Like I am a great dad. I have a, a, a deal in, in my phone and my calendar. So at five o'clock every day, um, it says, uh, man, what would the world's best dad do right now? Because that's what I am. I'm the world's best dad to my family, not to your kids, but to my family and the world's best. So what would he do right now? Because that's who I am. And so it's just a little bit of a reminder in my calendar. And so then I go act out of, out of that. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. Just talking to just talking to Blake. Forget it. For big, forget about the mission. Forget about all the other dads that you're coaching. What is being the best dad in the world to your family? What does that mean to you? Man, it's 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 hard, and I struggle with it every day. Um, but for me, it's it's it is being in those moments when I am with my family. So I mean, I've got to work like anybody else. And so, but when I'm when I'm not working, I want to be fully present with my family. And so. I have realized that I can't like like my biggest struggle is my phone. And Me too, brother. Like I just Me too. A new post, new post on Instagram. Which anyone who wants, I try to post an inspiring dad stuff at the endurance underscore. But don't follow it when you're trying to hang out with your family. Yeah. <laughs> but so I want to check that, or maybe a tech, whatever. And what I realize is that I literally, I literally cannot even have the phone in the room. Like, I, like if it's over there, I'm just like thinking about it. I'll just walk by. I'm like, oh man, I got to Google search this real quick. Yeah. And then I'll go get on my phone. Next thing you know, I'm on that thing for 15 or 20 or 30 minutes and I'm not present with my family. And so I literally have to go put my phone in my truck and shut the door. And it's just out there in the garage. And now, and I, it's, it's actually unbelievable because when you know the phone is not even an option, it's like, well, what else am I going to do? I guess I'll hang out with my family. <laughs> and, crazy. So, <laughs> and so I'm just like fully present. I'm fully there and I'm sitting there wrestling with my son and we're going out in the backyard and then, you know, or my daughter, she was, she's doing the ballet stuff and she's just, I'm just fully there with her, with her engaging with her. Um, but you know, I, what's the movie that came, is it Social Dilemma? Social Dilemma, that yeah. They talked about like how they're trying to make us addictive or whatever. Yeah, trying. They've done awesome. it. It's it worked. Yeah, and so now I don't. Now I'm not. I'm not embarrassed to admit that I was. I'm addicted to my phone because it's like, oh yeah, we all are, and that's what they're trying to do to us. And if you if you remember that some of those interviews, some of those executives, they're like, yeah, I don't give a phone to my children. Yeah, I turn yeah. my phone off. Like I don't, you know, because they know how addictive it is. Right. Right. When when the C level people at Apple are like, yeah, I would never give my kid an iPad. It's like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, that's quite the testament to your product there. Um, yeah. Pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, I. Um, you know, you, you have these moments as a father that in the moment is funny, but then you reflect on it and you're like, Ooh, 
that's a real blow to the stomach on the commentary of who I am as a dad. You know, I, we took uh, we took Gabriel out one night to uh, sushi when he was like three and a half or four. By the way, don't take your kids to business trips early. Not because it's not a bad thing. Like, I'm very impressed with how my five-year-old can act around adults, but he doesn't want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. He wants to go to sushi. And so five-year-olds, you know, devouring sushi is a lot more expensive than Chuck E. Cheese, but I digress. <laughs> so we went to sushi, and, and he was being really good. I mean, we were sitting there for 45 minutes getting fish, and my wife and I were talking and whatnot, but he was starting to get a little bit bored. So about 45 minutes or an hour in, I gave him my phone so he could watch, I don't know, Fireman Sam or something on YouTube. And then I turned to him to ask him a question because I wanted to re-engage him in the conversation. He picks up the phone, gets away from the table, starts walking away, and he's like, Dad, leave me alone. I have a meeting call. And I was like, in the moment, it's hilarious, but I'm like, oh, that's clearly learned behavior. How many times have I looked at my kid and picked my phone over my kid and be like, hey, buddy, just a minute, I got a meeting call, you know? And, and you know, to your point, we have to work, right? So when the kids are getting ready for the school in the morning, they know that we have our daily call at 8.30, so they'll be like, oh, daddy's getting on the meeting call. And it's like, I want them to see me working hard, but I also don't want them to think like, oh, I can check out from the family whenever I want because I have a meeting call. And it's just like, that punched me in the gut really hard. And that was a wake up call that like, oh, I got, I've got to leave the phone behind more often than I bring it with me because it's, it's affecting the relationship with my kid. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we're sending our sending them messages, even when we realize we're not sending them messages. Like when I talked about my dad, when he just enjoyed being with me and he didn't even maybe consciously know what he was doing, but just, it was just such a strong message. And so now I'm like, and I've caught myself because I haven't done it at times perfectly where it's like, man, I just chose my phone over my daughter and like, what message am I sending her that I, I love that? You know, she doesn't know what I'm looking at on my phone. You know, I can justify it all day long, how important it is. But all she knows is, is, you know, daddy doesn't want to be with me right now or doesn't love me or, you know, whatever it is. That's the, you know, in a five-year-old's mind, that's the message she's receiving. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've kind of laughed out loud because I have talked to some parents who have, you know, preteens or teenagers and they're like, yeah, my, my kid's always on that fucking device. They're always on the phone. Da, 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 da. And then I'm like, well, that's weird. Cause you and I are sitting here having lunch and you've checked your phone 37 times. I wonder, I wonder where they get it, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, just, I just can't even imagine, you know, I'm just kind of, yeah, I'm either laughing out loud if I'm really close to them or I'm laughing internally. If I'm not that close to them, I'm like, yeah, you just can't even imagine where they got it. Like you can't even be present for seven minutes in a coffee appointment. Um, it's, well, it's I, tough. I do think we have uh, an amazing opportunity. I'll, I'll, and I'll, I was on a college campus for the over a decade mentoring students like that was my job oh what, what, did, what did you do prior to this to this uh adventure uh, I, it was a uh, I, I campus ministry hmm. so i did a lot of leadership stuff I, I mostly worked with fraternity guys um some some guys on the football team and man every year that went by you know so part of my job especially at the beginning of the year i was going to the cafeteria i was just meeting freshmen like just getting to know freshmen and man, these guys and girls too, like could not hold a conversation hardly. Like they did not know how to interact with me. And then I would, I'd get, the, you know, these guys, I'd have like these big uh, like dinners at my house, like hundreds of, we had 600 people in my backyard. 
one year. And these guys could not even go talk to these girls. I'm like, go talk to those girls over there. And they could not do it because all, but they could text them all day long. And so, um, man, we're, we're, there's a generation of people that are coming up that don't really know how to interact with people very well because they've been on their phone. And I'm sure you've seen the stuff where people aren't even getting their driver's license like they used to. It's like, oh, they can just sit at home in their bedroom and they can talk to people there. And there's no need to, like, go out and inter- interact with the world. Well, that's absolutely affecting their brains. It's affecting who they are. And so what I tell dads is, man, we have a, a great opportunity because if we allow our children, if we teach our children how to interact with people, we kind of protect them from technology and the devices and really limit their time on it. And then we speak these words into our children's lives. Like, like your children are going to be like shining brightly in a dark world. Yeah. And so it, it really is a cool opportunity for those dads who do want to be a good dad and really invest in their children. 